Welcome back to Our Nothing Fancy Sports. That's Blake Pondstar Ponson. What's up? That's All-American Nate. Sweep the leg. That's Sam I Am. Hello, hello. And I'm your host, Andrew Hines. We've got a lot of stuff to get through today. Uh, we're going to do some wide receiver rankings, and we're going to do, what, the NFC South Ponson? Is mm-hmm. that right? NFC South. That should be interesting. That's going to be a good division this year. Uh, are we going to kick things off with the NFC South? Yeah, we'll do that first and then get into the wide receiver rankings. Okay, that's fine. Uh, who wants to go first on the NFC South rankings? Let's let Nate go first. He wasn't here last time. Yeah, hey, Nate, welcome yeah, back. Well, thanks, man. <laughs> yeah, Sam really – I just want to thank Sam for uh, taking over. I'm glad so. you're here for Nate 2.0 because he's just like you. Um, Let's see. This is probably – out of the whole NFC, I think this is, like, my most exciting – Oh, this will be this will be one of the best uh, conference or divisions in all of um, football. It's going to be tough, man. Because uh, well, you got Chris McCaffrey coming out of it. He makes one team important himself. So, um, of course, I have New Orleans leading leading the way, but it's a close, close, close one with the Buccaneers. So for me, it's not that close. Uh, so I'm going um, New Orleans, Bucks, Carolina. Falcons. Ooh, you're going to shit the bed. Or, excuse me. Crap the bed. We'll, we'll edit that We'll out. edit that, yeah. It's fine. Uh, Sam, what do you got? Uh, I'm doing the same thing here. I got – I think it's going to be close also. I think it's going to be like one game split between the Bucks and Saints. But I'm going Saints, Bucks, Panthers, Falcons. I don't see the Falcons getting back on track this year. They did nothing this offseason to show they're trying to get back on track this year. So, yeah, I'm going to agree with Nate. So, do we think the Falcons are trying to rebuild now? Um, I don't know. I think this is going to be a trial period for uh, Coach O'Quinn or whatever. Because I don't think I think if he doesn't produce, that he, they're going to. I mean, I know he just resigned. I think, but yeah, well, um, right after that Super Bowl meltdown. Yeah, when you blow a lead like that. But um, I don't know. I think his job's kind of in jeopardy. And oh, I think he's definitely on the hot seat. So, I mean, you have an aging wide receiver core. I mean, you have Calvin Ridley, but. You know, Julio's getting a little old, you know. Yep. What is he, 32? Yeah. 31. 31. We really kind of saw Matt Ryan's real ability last season, which was zero. The guy was straight trash. I but he played well. Hey, if we, if, we, if we look at his trend, though, it's like he's really good one year, takes a year off, you know, and then he's really good the next year. So this this could line up to be his good year. But I think with – I think I'm with you all, though, Saints first. Uh, Buccaneers probably close second, probably a wide card, wild card team for sure. And then, you know, it, these bottom two teams, I could see it going either way, honestly. But, I mean, heck, I do think the excitement from what Matt Rule brings in from the Big 12, then you also think, okay, Joe Brady, offensive coordinator for the Panthers. So I kind of look to see some excitement from the Panthers offense. And then they did they did address some key defensive defensive holes they needed in the draft, so – I say let's not get excited about college coaches coming in their first year into the NFL trying to because it could this this could be like the disaster of uh, Chip Kelly. Oh, not yeah, not only Chip Kelly, but uh, Pete Carroll who won a Super no. Bowl. Oh my gosh, uh, Nick, Saban. Nick Saban. Thank you when he went to Miami. Uh, didn't the Panthers only draft defensive people in the draft this year? Wasn't that them? I mean, yeah, that, I mean, that was, that was their biggest holes they needed, yeah. really. Yeah. I mean, their offense is fine. They went D-line pretty heavy, I, if I remember correctly. They needed to. Yeah, they, they did. They needed to. They got Derek Brown from Auburn. Uh, they got the strong – they got the safety, Jeremy Chin. So, I mean, they really addressed holes oh, they needed on defense. Oh, I forgot they got that yeah. guy. Jeremy Chin's really good. Yeah. And Matt Rule being the, you know, just 
especially in the Big 12, the conference he was in, for him to emphasize, like, the physical defensive style of play that they did. And, I mean, I guess we'll have to wait and see. What Hopefully it translates yeah. to the NFL. Here's my thing. I watched uh, three games of the Falcons last year. One of them they played god-awful. One of them they played the Texans into a shootout. And the other one was when they murdered the Saints, when they stomped the Saints' faces in. And that's the Atlanta Falcons team that they thought they had and turned out they did have, but they got to stay healthy. So I went Saints, Bucks, Falcons, Panthers. They also needed to address the running game, which they did with Todd Gurley. They attempted with Todd Gurley, but like I think in the previous podcast, we talked about um, his arthritic issues that he has um, well, uh, longevity-wise. Well, was it Ponce in the last, what, four weeks last year put up? Oh yeah, the, la- the last numbers. four weeks he was he was pretty solid as far as like if you had him if you had him on your roster during the fancy playoffs he you know he actually turned out to be pretty nice uh, but I think for the most part it was you know we have seen a, a decline in his overall ability from his from since his two back to back number one overall fantasy seasons but I mean well, I Christian mean, McCaffrey's the guy now I he's, mean he's the new sheriff in town he's there to stay. let's talk turkey here I mean Todd Gurley we know is no scrub in the fantasy world previous years I mean he's put up some god-awful numbers like just disgustingly awesome but you know he took a step back last year which I think 100% was coaching scheme and yeah. coaching and Sean management hurt yeah hurt that whole team to and be he, honest co- yeah kind of mind kind of screwed with their minds because Jared Goff went from a promising quarterback to everybody shrugging their shoulders like who well, is this dude they like, coached himself out of a playoff spot oh 100 percent himself but as far as I, I mean I, I really think that People in the NFC need to be careful of the NFC South because this is going to be, uh, I mean, that they're going to come through swinging. I promise you, it's going to be the Bucks and the Saints coming through and swinging yeah. hard. Yeah, and I think I, to me, it's really not that close yet between the Bucks and Saints. I think the Saints are still three or four games better. Uh, I think the main thing there is the Saints. You know, they're kind of solidified on the defensive side of the ball, whereas the Buccaneers have kind of needed to. Yes revamp and add a few pieces that they needed so and they're hoping that these rookie secondary pieces and stuff come through and are good enough if you look at it though there's a lot of you know from from the fantasy side of things there is a lot of fantasy excitement and potential fantasy value out of this division because when you think of the falcons and panthers you know we don't expect them to be great teams this year but kind of like last year the panthers may be you know behind in a lot of games so, therefore, that's more opportunity for the offense, especially with Bridgewater and McCaffrey. And then same thing with the Falcons. You know, they're probably going to – defense probably not that good. So, they're going to be behind in some games. So, what's that going to lead to? Matt Ryan throwing the ball a lot. So, a lot of fantasy excitement in this division. Oh, for sure. Uh, you got, what, Michael Thomas, Chris Godwin, Mike Evans, Christian McCaffrey. DJ Moore. DJ Moore. Uh, Todd Gurley now. Gronk. Gronk. Yeah, it's oh. it doesn't end. The yeah. the fantasy numbers out of this division is going to be amazing. Um uh, so is that is that all we got for the NFC the, South? Yeah, okay. Yeah. Uh we'll move on to the uh receivers, what we've all come here for, what we're all here for and what we all love. Uh number one, we all had Michael Thomas, obviously. Surprise, surprise. Yeah. Uh, Guy gets thirty three percent of all targets off the team. <laughs> Number two, three people had Devontae Adams. Uh, one person did not. I was one person. Uh, to me, Devontae Adams wasn't very good last year, 
and for the same reasons I would say this year he won't be as good because he's got to stay healthy. And we all thought, well, it's the only guy that Aaron Rodgers has to throw to. But then he didn't really produce as well as we wanted him to last year. Well, that's the case. But Devontae Adams, if healthy, is Aaron Rodgers' favorite and basically only target on the team. Only only target. So I I have him at two just because I feel like he will stay healthy this year. And Rodgers also. And And I I think think, Rodgers will be pissed off also this year. They brought in a quarterback. And not only did they – we know they didn't address – wide receiver like you know Aaron Rodgers wanted them to in the draft so one that he's still only throwing to Devontae Adams and then when you look at yeah Adams had a down week no it's not a down week a down year last year but I mean when you look at his numbers when he played he was number six in points per game overall but I mean obviously he did finish 24th on the year because him missing the few weeks and missing out on those points but when he did play he was number six overall but still that's number six and not number two I have him at number four I mean, when the rest of your wide receiver core sounds like a law firm, like, I mean, you have Lazard, St. Brown, Valdez, Scantling, you know. <laughs> that was the I, same geez. case for him last year. I mean, though. geez, dude. Like, it's the, it was the same thing last year. That's what I'm saying. So, I mean, you'll get, you'll get some onesies and twosies out of all these other guys, but for the most part, the bulk of it's going to go to Devontae Adams. So, I mean, that's why I picked him at two. Cause but that's why I didn't pick him at two because we saw that last year. That's why I was like, ah, maybe not. I'll put him at four because he was number six receiver when he did play. Uh, so he's still very good. There's no denying that. But I don't think he's number two. And I think uh, – I want to say for the most part he has a pretty – I don't know the exact number, but I want to say his pretty his schedule this year is going to be pretty light from what I remember. And then I also think there's probably some uh, – there's probably some touchdown. He can probably improve on his touchdown numbers. Yeah, he only had five touchdowns last year. Um and that was in the 12 games. Uh, so he probably will, I assume, that touchdown number will go up again. And then you also got to think it's his second year in the Matt LaFleur offense. So you can only imagine that, you know, he improves on that and, you know, he has a better connection in that offense. You look at his target share, too. It dropped. I mean, he had 50 less targets this last year than he did in 2018. He had 127 targets last year, 169 in 2018. So, like I said, you go from that McCarthy era to the LaFleur, like, I think he'll bounce back and, and have a pretty decent season. I took into account, too, I feel like the NFC North, other teams, like their defenses took a step back. I mean, the Lions traded away Darius Slay. The Vikings lost a lot of key pieces on defense. Yeah, that is true. And the Bears, uh, I mean, they'll still be pretty solid. But I feel like the Packers offense in general will be a little more high scoring in that division anyways. I mean, the the Packers schedule, I mean, it isn't – I mean – it ain't no scrub for sure. Is it tough? It's not. It's not super tough. I mean, you got Vikings defense, Saints defense, Bucks defense, which you don't need to sleep on. Texans. I'm not really worried about them. You know what I'm saying? The defense. Yeah, that's what they're going to. They're in a rebuilding era. That's that's all I'm saying. <laughs> they play the Niners. Uh, they play the Colts, who I'm extremely worried about. Um, Bears defense, which you don't sleep on them. Eagles. It depends on the week if they're having a good week or not. Panthers, we don't know. The Titans, who have probably the, one of yeah. the best secondaries in the NFL, and then they play the Bears again. So, yeah, that's not a slot schedule. No, that's going to be tough. Yeah, I mean they play the Jags too. Yeah, yeah, no, that'll that'll be his uh, one of the best defenses, and then they got completely sold off, dude. Completely the best secondary in the league. Yep. Oh, by far, no gosh. Doubt. 
They got screwed out of going to the Super Bowl that year, no doubt. Uh, So dumb. That hurt. But uh, we can move on from Devontae Adams. Uh, Julio Jones is the consensus three. Sam's the only one that had him at four and not three. Uh, It's kind of set in stone there. You know know what you get with Julio Jones. You're going to get almost every game. He's going to get seven, eight touchdowns, and he's going to get a ton of yards and a ton of catches. So, I mean, I, I don't think there's any huge argument against Julio Jones. So you can look at Julio Jones, um, his target distribution for last year. He got 23.9% of all the targets last year. The next one that was even close to him, Austin Hooper, who had 14.8, and Mm -hmm. Calvin Ridley, who had 14.2. Yeah, the only reason I don't have Julio Jones at three, which, I mean, I have him at four, it's pretty close. I was just a little hesitant on him. I feel like the Falcons have – past their window to a certain point with Matt Ryan and Julio Jones a- aging. I feel like this year they'll try to get Calvin Ridley a little more involved hmm. than last year. That's why it's not a big like step down, but I do feel like he'll have a small step back. And Julio, too, is injury prone, too. So, I mean, like guys like him and A.J. Green, like you just you never know how they're going to start out the year. And so. if the Falcons are having a bad season, right. you don't see them playing Julio Jones through injury. Yeah, they'll save him as long as they can to collect on their investment. But – um, trying to look at some stats for him. I mean, nothing crazy. He took a step back last year, but he always he was he sat. How many games did he play last year? Fifteen. He played fifteen. Yeah. That's yeah, not, and, and Julio is one of those. It's weird because he's only scored ten. He's only scored ten touchdowns one time in his career. So you think? And I mean, other than that, it's like you know, other than the ten, he's had eight, 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 and then six, six, three. I mean, it's it's almost like. It's like, man, if you if somehow one year he would have gotten ten plus touchdowns. I mean, he's always been, you know, a solid top five wide receiver in the league Every because year. he's just put up numbers. But you know, one, the touchdown would, numbers just aren't there. <laughs> you would think that if the touchdown numbers showed up, that you know he'd be the number one. And but every year, dude. And if you look, I have a breakdown of of his game logs from last year, fantasy wise. And like, dude, it was extremely spotty. Like, it wasn't, I won't even say spotty because I'll I'll say that there's a pattern. The first. Like, uh, the second and third game, he had stellar points. The 15th and 16th game, he had stellar points. Everything else, straight trash. 15, 18, which 18's not bad in some PPR leagues. not really that bad. I mean, yeah, I mean, it's a consistent number. But he's not one of those guys that puts up 15. You know what I'm saying? Like You he's want one, him to put up more. Yeah, he's one of those guys you go in for, like, in a draft, and you're like, dude, I'm going for Julio. I need 19. Just off the target share alone. But, you know, he didn't put up very good numbers, so... I'm. I was hesitant. Even I was. I'm kind of. I'm kind of with Sam. Like I was kind of hesitant putting him in here, but just because of that offense and like I'm. I'm hoping they have a bounce back here. And it'll be Matt Ryan's every other year. And a lot of trash plays I think are going to be played. Yeah. So they, garbage. To, garbage they, time they lost, throws. They lost some pieces on defense, Dude. so their offense is going to have to be put. The in only numbers. bad thing is like picking up Todd Gurley. Like, do they go to a stronger run game? That's the only thing. Like, will that O line hold up for a stronger run game? Now look, I don't know. Ask Devontae Freeman, <laughs> <laughs> the guy that still doesn't have a job. Gosh, uh, we can move on. Yeah, uh, Julio Jones has been exhausted, and we're exhausted talking about him. Uh, DeAndre Hopkins is the consensus number four. My that's, man, that's my number two. Uh, listen, he goes from a decent, like a fifty-fifty run pass offense to an air raid offense, where he's the number one target and the second target is Christian Kirk. Not to say that Christian Kirk's bad, but he's not like he's not crazy good or anything. He's a, he's really a number 3 
that has to be a number two and had to be a number one last year in a bad offense. Uh, if your if you're knock on him is that Kyler Murray's not Deshaun Watson, that's fair. But I still think that his target share is going to be probably at close to 50% of the targets. Well, if, if you look at the breakdown for the Cardinals last year with Larry Fitzgerald and Christian Kirk, I mean, they were it's pretty dead even. Larry Fitzgerald got 20%. 20.64% of the targets, and Christian Kirk got 20.27. And then you bring in... Now you're bringing in Hop. Yeah. So he's going to... he's gonna. I mean, in. he'll eat it up, but for sure, Larry's... I mean, dude, he's going to get open. Like, he's just... He's a freaking freak of an athlete, man. Even at his age, like, he's still really good. He may turn into dust on the field while they're playing. <laughs> I'm down. I'll go. I'll, I'll, I'll pay for that dust, too. <laughs> Let me buy it, please. But that's that's what – I mean, DeAndre Hopkins has probably the best hands in the NFL, maybe the most talented receiver in the NFL. The only knock on him is that Kyler Murray's not Deshaun Watson. Yeah, and Kyler Murray's like, what, six foot? Probably. 5'11". He's like a Doug Flutie. He's not quite Bo Jackson. But – And I think and I think my biggest thing of putting him at six was, yes, like this offense in Arizona has the potential to be amazing just because of the way they, you know, they, they're going to throw the ball more. Uh, they spread everybody out. I mean, we saw what Kenyon Drake did in his short time. And, I mean, yeah. heck, for David Johnson's first six weeks, he was like a top five running back until he, you know, kind of fell off. But that's a different story. What happened there? It, I mean, we don't have to talk about it. But I just don't get why they stopped using David Johnson. Well, I mean, he had this, he had the minor injury, and then after that he just came back and was super slow, and Kenyon Drake was much better in that role. Hungry. But, yeah. yeah. But I think, I think the main thing that gets me is of putting Hopkins lower – and not up at like a number two or number three where he probably normally would on a another year of Houston is because I just don't see Kyler Murray as the guy who's going to force feed him the ball like Deshaun Watson did because Watson I mean we know Watson scrambles Kyler Murray's going to scramble but Watson's always if he scrambled he's either looking down one field. one looking at Desha- uh, DeAndre Hopkins because either two you know like some other receivers not really a whole lot of other guys behind him in Houston but I just think that. Murray Murray seems like the guy he's going to spread the ball out a little more. Yeah, I'm with you. I'm with Ponson on this one. I feel like Murray is a little more run first than Watson was. And also you brought up that there's no other like real targets in Arizona, but I feel like Hop was so good in Houston, which I think he's the best hands in the NFL for a receiver anyways. But I have him at six also just because in Houston, Watson had no other targets. I mean, when Will Fuller was healthy, he would throw to Fuller, but he usually wasn't healthy. So, I mean, Hop was the guy, especially when they were down. Like, they're looking for Hop every time. And in Arizona, Christian Kirk isn't bad and fits. Like you said, he's going to get his targets. So, I think they will be spreading the ball a little more than Andrew thinks. But And also, he's going to run more than Deshaun, but it's only because of experience and not being confident in the pocket quite yet yeah. for an NFL pace. I think he'll step up this year a little bit more. But I, I still think he's a little immature. So. Well, here, here's my biggest thing about what y'all just said about him not looking down the field. He hasn't had DeAndre Hopkins to look down the field when he's out of the pocket scrambling. Now you have that luxury to go find the guy that's going to come back to you. So well, I'm not so much. I, I'm not so much about the him looking down the field. I just think because I think I, I added it up earlier and Kyler Murray threw just in just in this last year alone. He had he threw a hundred and. It was like 105 targets just to running just to running backs alone last year. Whereas obviously you're not getting that kind of number in Houston. Watson's going to look to get it down the field more to Hopkins, but because where was DeAndre Hopkins? That offense has to revolve around DeAndre Hopkins now. He's the best player on your team. 
No. I mean, I, I'm not. Okay. He's okay, not look. the best. Okay, look. He's the best player on that team now. Oh yeah, uh, clearly, yeah. I mean, that's why you go get him. I'm not saying I'm not saying he's not going to be the best and it's not going to revolve around him. I'm just saying he probably doesn't get 150 targets like he did this last year, just because the ball will get spread out a little more to other people. Yeah, maybe he gets a little less, but I don't know. I I I don't see it. He's still the best target on that team in an air raid offense. Yeah, when everybody knows so that he's an option, the- so they're gonna clear. I know. I mean. Anybody's how they're going to play. They're going to double him, just like they try to double Mike Thomas, and they're just going to leave people open. Well, that, and I don't think Christian Kirk and Larry Fitzgerald are that good. And the reason... No, I think they're awesome. Well, then they're not going to double Hop because they won't have that option. Okay, comparing Hopkins to Christian Kirk is a little different. <laughs> I'm not, they're not going to shadow Kirk, but I'm saying they're going to shadow Hopkins because he's, he's amazing. Uh, and I, I just think, and talking about spreading the ball, and I think the reason the running backs will get so many targets like they did this past year, is because when you're spreading the ball out, you're leaving more rooms to you're leaving more room to put your running back in good position to get it in space and then go make a play like Johnson did when he was healthy, and then Kenyon Drake did it the last seven or eight weeks when he was there. But I mean, it's I mean, yeah, he's still going to be a solid top five wide receiver, and plus we also have to consider the question mark of these guys going. I've seen it, you know, I've seen positive. Write us about it. I've seen negative write us about it. These guys going to new new teams and new scenarios with all the COVID stuff that's been going on, they haven't been getting those OTAs and those full speed reps with an offense as a whole. Mm-hmm. So that I mean that's also something I've had to I've read about and I've considered as far as you know where to rank these guys based on the ones that are going to new situations and ones that aren't. So, uh, yeah, that's fine. We can move on. Uh, we still got a bunch of guys to get through. Uh, Tyreek Hill, we have at number five. Uh, everybody's kind of right, right around that number five range. I had him at five. Sam had him at five. Uh, Nate went with six, and Ponson went with four. So he's just one of those, he's either going to get you 30 points or he's going to get you 10 points. There's like no in between for him. He's boom or bust, but he when he booms, he wins you the week. Mm-hmm. And, and, and this is Ivan Ivan wrote the best thing. If you want, like, hey, if we, if we went, I think we talked about it, I mentioned it today. If we go and rank, like every week of the NFL season, if we rank our wide receivers, it's pretty easy to put Tyreek Hill as your number one receiver each week because he has the potential to put up 40 points probably easier than most receivers in the league. Because yeah, when he goes off, you're winning the league. Oh, yeah, but then <laughs> there's also weeks where he just he might catch one or two passes for 10, 20, 30 yards because, I mean, Mahomes has shown he'll throw it to McCole Hardman, he'll throw it to Sammy Watkins, and – They'll get two or three bomb plays for touchdowns. What week was it that Sammy Watkins put up like fifty-two points or something that like that? Oh, two, it was like it was like week one. one. Yeah, it was yeah, like it was <laughs> like early, wasn't yeah. it? Yeah, yeah I had him. On That's my when bench. everybody like ran and got Sam Walk Sammy Watkins off the waiver wire. I was like, oh my god! Yep. And then everybody's and like, Tyreek Hill also got hurt week one. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, because it's like you know, calm down. It's like Hill what Hill didn't play. Watkins caught like two. Yeah, Watkins had forty-two points. He was the number one wide receiver week one. Then after that, he was. Seven points, eight points, four points, no points. And and that's another reason why I put Tyreek Hill at six because just off the sheer fact that I was able to see, which I know he was hurt, which you can't really compare that, but just how much Patrick Mahomes like can spread the ball out to different people, like no-name people, yeah. you know. But an interesting stat line for Tyreek Hill, you know, last year, and this is why like I, I didn't even – I was hesitant five or six. I wasn't sure. But his stat line was fifty-one at a he, ten games. 
He had 51 receptions, 844 yards, and seven touchdowns. That is on pace. If he were to continue that for the whole season, he would have had 82 receptions, 1,350 yards, and 11 touchdowns Oof. on a 16-game slate. So it, it, the potential is there. He got hurt. He can't help that, man. And, so, and but it hurt him in fantasy. Drafting Tyreek Hill is one of those players where it kind of depends on the kind of fantasy player you are. Like if you if you lean more to the conservative side of things, you probably won't draft Tyreek Hill because you know if you're more conservative, you're going to want that safer floor like a Michael Thomas. Michael Thomas may not you know he may not have as many thirty or forty point games as Tyreek Hill, but he's not going to get less than. 15 points on average. I mean, let's and let's be honest, too. Patrick Mahomes, his favorite target isn't Tyreek Hill. It's Travis Kelsey. Oh, yeah, it's the tight end for sure. And we all know Kelsey is a touchdown red zone magnet, dude. Like, the guy, like, it just gets open. I don't understand it. It's crazy. But um, at number seven. seven. Six. 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 Sorry, I apologize. I have Tyreek Hill. Um at number six is Chris Godwin. Godwin, yeah. Uh, I actually had him ranked seven, and Nate had him seven. Sam has him at number three, so I'll let Sam have this oh. one. Okay. I know this is way different from y'all's, but my thing with ranking him at three, I think he's going to be by far Tom Brady's favorite target. And like I said earlier, I feel like Tom Brady, without his training wheels from Bill Belichick, is going to be more gunslinger this year. I mean, less less running, just more just throwing the ball. And Chris Godwin – I feel like replicates more of the Tom Brady's favorite targets from the past. Just kind of playing the slot. Yeah, he's like Twitchy he's guy. like he's like Tom Brady's old Randy Moss. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, that's, I feel like he's gonna have a great year. I mean, he had, had a breakout year last year. I'm with you, dude. Yeah, I love me some. He's six five, man. Like how you, you can there's how many DBs can and cornerbacks can hold up to that? Nobody. Here's my thing. We know who Tom Brady's favorite target is. It's the guy he begged to come play with him, Rob, <laughs> Rob Gronkowski. Gronkowski. <laughs> he he literally called Rob, said, "Hey, please come out of retirement," and begged him to come play. That's the number one target, not at all. Okay, he may be his number one target, but one how many games in a season is Tom? I mean, Gronk going to play? Plus, you know they're going to be zero in on Gronk, even though it doesn't really matter. I don't know. Go- but Godwin's still going to put up numbers regardless. Gronk Gronk's coming after a uh, year off. He's gonna be uh, healthy, yeah, recovered, heard, uh, dude. He's he he's gonna good. be in a stellar shape. He, so. I saw a video on him the other day. He looks good, uh, and I don't think they're going to be keying in on Gronk. I think they're going to key on on Michael Mike Evans and Chris Godwin, uh, which I think is going to leave Gronk open over the middle of the field all day. So and see, I'm my biggest thing is, and I'm kind of I'm kind of with Sam because we saw Godwin play. He played like in majority of his snaps came out of the slot. Now, part of that was is how they, you know, the other wide receivers they had, they had Brashad Perryman outside and Evans on the other side. So Godwin was able to play the slot more. Now, I'm curious to see because as far as like their number three wide receiver, I mean, you could throw in Tyler Johnson, the guy they drafted in Minnesota. He kind of fits the mold of an outside kind of wide receiver. Or, I mean, they still have Scotty Miller, but he kind of profiles as more of a speedier inside slot guy. So, I'm on board. If if Godwin still plays majority of his snaps from the slot, then, yeah, I'm all about it because we've seen what Brady has done with Julian Edelman in the slot over his career. And then – Wes I mean, Welker. Wes Welker, too. And, I, I mean, I think there's going to be plenty of targets to go around because we've said their defense, you know, could be hit or miss. So, they may – they're still going to have to throw the ball a pretty good amount. And when you look at it, like, look at look at their run game. There's not, there's not a lot of – 
excitement. Whoa, out of you watch your mouth this, right this now. This coming from the guy that was so high on Keyshawn Vaughn. I mean, I, I'm not. I'm not. Who, who was all over Keyshawn Vaughn? Well, I'm not saying I wasn't like super high on him. It's just I. I was. I don't think he, they don't have a guy who's gonna. Just. I thought you were super high when no, you were talking about that. Him. Was me. Was that you? Yeah, I was really high on Keyshawn Vaughn. Dude, I'm Cam Akers, dude. Dude. Oh, that's right. You dude. are Cam Akers. So, my thing is, is like you now. So, like. Evans still last year. I mean, the guy still had. He broke out for a thousand yards. He's had a thousand yards every year. He's he's played wide receiver. Have you realized that? Thousand yards receiving. Yeah, Mike Evans still gonna have a big year. I think Mike Evans number one receiver still in that. So offense. Mike Evans now has a, a an accurate quarterback who's not gonna throw forty nine or whatever interceptions that he had. How many <laughs> Jabu or whatever his name is had last year? Don't you disrespect Jameis Winston, dude? Jameis Winston. He got LASIK. Yo, he can see now. I watched Jameis he put up forty TDs and he was blind. Yeah, <laughs> I watched Jameis Winston hype video of like him doing like a W with his hands and like licking his eat fingers. A W. He said, "You know what this is? It's, it's a dub. Let's go get. It. Let's go eat one." Let's eat a w I've lost all respect for Jameis Jabu, whatever his name is. That. No, it's tough. No, but still, if you look at the target shares for last year, even with an inaccurate quarterback like Jameis Winston. Chris Godwin had 19.9% of the targets, and Mike Evans had 19.41. Also, um, Evans ranked 10th in the league last season with 28 contested targets, but only came down with nine of them. So I think with a more accurate quarterback, it makes him a better yeah, better option. I feel like in PPR, though, Godwin's going to get more targets. Just for being in a slot position? Yeah, I agree. Uh, by the way, Mike Evans is our number seven guy, so that's why we moved on from Chris Godwin to Mike Evans. Yeah. Uh, but, yeah, I agree. No, I think Mike Evans – I actually had Mike Evans at six and Chris Godwin at seven, so I flipped him. Uh, Nate had him at five yeah. and had Chris Godwin at seven. Ponson has Mike Evans all the way down at ten. I'm going to need you to explain that Yikes. for me. And, you know, I, oh. I, was telling, I was telling Nate, I think yeah. Nate and Andrew today, he Mike Evans is one where he could change. He could come up a little bit in my rankings depending on how a few – because there's a few of these guys around this 8, 9, 10 range that I haven't projected yet. So depending on, you know, what I kind of see out of my projections, it may change a, tight, a slight bit. But I think the thing with Evans was part of that's going back to some of y'all said, you know, we talk about Gronk's going to come in and get his targets. Um I think, you know, O.J. Howard will probably get his targets. I mean, he'll get a decent share I, for being a I number. I don't know that O.J. Howard's on that team when the well, season starts. Well, I mean, just I mean, we have to consider that right now. But I think – here's my thing. The only reason I don't have Mike Evans, Mike Evans higher is because I don't know that he'll play all 16. Oh, yeah, and he's shown he hasn't been able to. But I think as far as – I don't know. I guess you could say upside goes. I just feel like there's more upside with Godwin. Uh, especially with Tom Brady, the quarterback now, and then Evans. I mean, yeah, I mean Evans. I mean, he had a good. He still had a good le- year last year. He was in points per game. In points per game last year, he was number three behind his teammate Chris Godwin. But I think it's just when you consider targets going to Gronk, depending on how many games he plays, and then targets going elsewhere. I mean, it's just I. I just think Godwin kind of stays where he's at, and then Evans might take a slight step back. That I mean, that's the way I looked at it. Maybe I I think Gronk's going to take a little bit away from each one of them, which is also why I don't have Mike Evans even higher. Uh, we can move on. Uh, Kenny Galladay in at number eight. I had him at ten. 
Uh, <coughs> Sam and Ponson had him at nine, and Nate's the biggest on Kenny Galladay here at number eight. Dude. So I'll let Nate take away. I love Kenny Galladay, man. I really <laughs> do. Like, especially in that offense. Here's my thing. Matt Stafford, very underrated right now. Extremely. First, th- first three weeks last year, Extremely. one of the best quarterbacks in the whole league. No, it's more like the first six weeks. Six weeks, yeah. sorry. So first six weeks last year, Matt Stafford was probably the best, maybe not the best, but top three quarterback in the whole league. Uh, Kenny Galladay, his favorite receiver, because Matthew Stafford likes to throw the ball 20 yards downfield. Yeah. I mean, the guy had um, almost 1,200 yards receiving last year. On He had 116 targets at 65 receptions, um, 11 touchdowns. So, And what week did uh, Stafford get hurt last year? Oh, I'm trying to look. I I had it pulled up. Was it eight? I just want to see Galladay's numbers after that. Well, I had the game log pulled up. I just know when Galladay, oh, here he is. When they're so playing he, together, Galladay is for sure a top ten. He, let's see, he played weeks two. Wait, that's not. Yeah, he played weeks two, three, and four. Well, no, don't. Okay, no, forget I said that. I can't get this to work. Who is the backup? Jeff Driscoll. Oh, Driscoll. What about David Blau? Oh, yeah, David Blau was there too. Driscoll did dice the Cowboys up for a second. <laughs> Wasn't terrible. Just kidding. He was playing the Cowboys. Didn't that, didn't that Blau guy do really good? Uh, Thanksgiving game, he did super good. Yeah, I was about to say. Stafford played – okay, Stafford played eight games. Oh, that's what it was. He played eight games, not week eight. That's right. Uh, he played eight games. I'll give you the specific game log, if I can. You give me the those eight games. I will tell you what Kenny Galladay looked like in the next. Yeah, eight. through the first. Okay, through the first eight games, like Stafford was, Stafford was like pretty legit. He was had nineteen touchdowns, only five picks, and had twenty five hundred yards. So he only played the first eight weeks, mm-hmm. and then he got hurt with his back injury. So let's let's talk about okay. So let's talk about Kenny Galladay's numbers after week eight. Okay, so week nine, he still plays well. Goes for 132 yards on four catches uh, and one touchdown. Uh, After that, he scored four touchdowns all season. Ten on the season, half of them with uh, Matt Stafford. Uh, So, actually, Stafford only played seven games because their bye week was week five. Yeah, Stafford did actually play week nine, and that's why Galladay's numbers were still solid. So after that, Galladay went down pretty dramatically. Pretty bad. You know, he only had one, two, I'll even consider three. Three good weeks after that. Chicago, Minnesota, and Denver. Chicago, where he they diced him up, dude. Twenty-five. Yeah. He had 25 fantasy points. Minnesota, he had 17 fantasy points. And in believe it or not, in Denver, he had 18. So, so. that Chicago game, he had four receptions. Guess how many yards? Two, uh, 200. Ponson? 180. Oh, well, you can see it, Sam. Uh, he had 158 yards on four receptions. Oh, four receptions. Oh, I thought he meant the only game. One touchdown. That's ridiculous. No, touchdown I, rem- I remember that. He yards. had like one reception for 75 yards. Yeah, it, yeah I'm actually, that's the exact number. Yeah, I remember that. I remember he broke away. Uh, But, yeah, that's uh, probably enough about uh, – I mean, I think, I think it comes down to him. If you give him a full season of Matt Stafford and with the way Matt Stafford was playing the first – seven or eight weeks, I think when you give him a full season with Matt Stafford, like he, he's going to put up numbers like he did. 
I mean, I mean, Kenny Galda, I mean, the guy's 6'4", dude. Like, yeah. you know, yeah. and... Throw it up, he'll get it. He, he had 14 end zone targets. He was ranked fourth among wideouts with, with, with 14 end zone targets last year. And, I mean, that's the second time, the second season he ha- he's had more than a dozen looks in the end zone. I love that, especially in a PPR format. I love it. That's why I have him ranked so high. Well, that and let's not forget when he was when he was coming up. You know, everybody called him Baby Megatron. Yes, because he resembled Calvin Johnson. Dude, yeah. every bit of him. He really did. Uh, I guess that's good on Kenny Galladay. I, I guess I could stand to put him higher. There's just other guys that I want up there. Uh, number nine was DJ Moore. I had him at eleven. Ponsim had had him at number seven. Yes, I did. I know Nate's a big DJ Moore mm-hmm. guy. Number ten, and then me and Sam both had him at eleven. So. Uh, I'll let Ponson describe why he put him at number seven. And I think a lot a lot of what I like about DJ Moore is part of it fits into how he profiles and then how Teddy Bridgewater Teddy Bridgewater has profiled in his you know, the amount of times that he started and had significant time like he did the last year on the Saints. And I mean Teddy Bridgewater for his career has been a low A dot quarterback as far as he's not, you know, he's not prone to be thrown at downfield. He's kind of peppering the short For targets. For the first-time listeners, dot is average depth of target. That's how far down the field he's throwing the ball. Yeah, and, I mean, I think for the – when he's gotten significant playing time, he's always he's literally been always toward the bottom of the league in average depth of target. And so, I think that plays well into DJ Moore. And, obviously, we know that plays well into Christian McCaffrey as far as check downs or little short running routes, uh, little short crossing routes and stuff. And – I think that's why I had DJ Moore. I think there's a lot of upside this year because, you know, we don't know how their defense is going to play, so they may still have to be play from behind like they did last year. And then we never know. I mean, Joe Brady could be a hit as far as the offensive coordinator goes. And I feel like he's going to put their offense in. He's not going to have just like a That was very the LSU vanilla, uh, yeah, passing game coordinator. The right? LSU OC and then – or the Carolina OC now. But I mean, dude, it's it's awesome at the fact that, you know – DJ Moore, he had a 135 targets, 87 receptions, only four touchdowns. Yeah, so, so they're, that, they're, that number's probably going to go up. But the guy averaged 15 points a game, fantasy points a game, the no, whole I, time. Like I, that, that's why I like him because of the consistency. And he gets a better quarterback maybe with Teddy Bridgewater. Although Kyle Allen, I will not have slander. He had them an amazing five week run. He's a Redskin now. Uh, well, not a redskin. He's a redskin. He's not a redskin. Oh, excuse me. He's a red tail or a red whatever. Yeah, he's a whatever red they are now. Yep, whatever they may be. Uh, my biggest hit on DJ Moore. This will be the only thing I say about him is I love his hands. They're so sure. You throw it to him, and if he's open, he's got it. Also, my stat that I want to bring up again that I brought up in other p- podcasts before about DJ Moore. He only had three drops last year. Three drops, ninth lowest among wide receivers. So, Sam, you got anything on DJ Moore? No, I honestly, he came from the list, and I had to go look him up. I, I knew DJ Moore last year, but I didn't really keep my eye on him too much, so I don't have too much to say on him. That's fine. Well, uh, we covered DJ Moore for everyone else. A uh, guy that I'm kind of disappointed is this low on the list. Uh, his name is Juju Smith-Schuster, mm. and when Big Ben plays, mm. Juju Smith-Schuster is a dumb man. Uh, Juju Smith-Schuster comes in at number 10. I have him at 8. Sam has him at 7. I'll let Sam go. 
Yeah, y'all y'all slandered Juju with the 13th and 11th <laughs> pick, Nathan Fonson. Okay, Juju last year, down year for sure, but, I mean, who was his quarterback? Duck Hodges and... Mason Rudolph, Rudolph. the racist. <laughs> so, you look back at his full year with Big Ben, almost 1,500 yards, seven touchdowns, 111 receptions. Mine, mine, sorry, yeah, I'll add to that. That was with Antonio Brown on the team as well, yeah. too. <laughs> yeah, and that was only his second year in the league. Yeah, He's only gotten better since then. So, Which, you okay, I can keep going. No, you go ahead. Okay, which also, I the reason I put him so low is just because of now let's look at the committee that we have coming in. So we have Deontay Johnson, who did pretty decent last year, wasn't awful, solid wide receiver, Two or three, I'd say. But now you have Chase Claypool coming in, and you have Eric Ebron coming in, which, you know, with Big Ben and uh, tight ends, like he he throws to him. I mean, not near as much as he threw to Antonio Brown, but we haven't really seen Big Ben without Antonio Brown. Like, But I think we've seen in the past Big Ben has his favorites. Yeah, for sure. he's already shown Juju is one of his favorite targets in the limited time. But, like I said, I mean... Juju came in and he became a favorite. So now you have a big guy like Chase Claypool coming in. Who I think it only helps Juju's case though. For Chase Claypool coming in. Yeah, I mean I think it takes some. I guess coverage off. It takes attention away yeah. from Juju. Is what it does. Chase Claypool, they're going to have to actually attend to. Well, most of the time in that, yeah, when those sets, like just the same thing with the Bucks. like now that Chris Godwin has been putting up numbers that he has and showing the talent that he is, most offenses or defenses have to go one-on-one. Like you can't play the zone because you'll get smoked. So now you're going to have a lot of one-on-one coverage, which is going to leave a lot of guys open. I'm just as, I'm just hoping. I mean, don't get me wrong. I, like, I think Juju's an amazing guy, like amazing player. But I think also with PPR, I think you're going to see Juju on more wide receiver screens, you know, some handoffs. Because with the ball in his hands, he's better than Claypool. Claypool's just a big target. Well, you know, and we've also seen, too, like Big Ben with, with running backs, then throwing to him, like Le'Veon Bell. And yeah. then now, you know. If um, James Conner figures it out. Yeah, which, we, I mean, we saw he and we had a glimmer of hope when Le'Veon Bell sat out that year. Like Connor, Connor had an amazing year, and then he was hurt. He was then hurt. He, he was yeah, hurt. This yeah, last I mean, year, he got so. hurt last year, and then with Big Ben gone, that you notice that the chemistry in that offense goes to nil almost when yeah. he's gone. So, um, I, I mean, don't get me wrong. I have Juju at thirteen on my list, but it's only Blast because me. I just I honestly think like that ball is going to get spread around a lot. That's not. I don't. I don't really think Juju's going to be. He'll be the number one guy, but I. I think. Target share wise, I don't know. I I think he gets the main targets because he's done. I mean, he got a, a big bulk of it with Antonio Brown there. Yeah, I mean, there's no telling. Uh, I think it, it all it all mainly boils down to Big Ben being healthy and playing a full season. Yes, if he does, then <laughs> Juju could be top five easily. I I almost put Juju at number like six. Dude, Big Ben stopped watching porn. I'm not putting anything any cards in on mm-hmm. him right now. Yep, he did. He stopped watching it. And now he can see because my mom always said that makes me go blind. Yeah. 2020 vision here. Andrew was adopted, by the way. So. Yeah. So my my adopted mother. Said yeah. That. She loved me, though, I swear. Yeah, that's what she said. But yeah, she did. She said it, like, twice. Yeah. She, she didn't mean it, but. <laughs> Anyways, uh, that's all 10 of the top 10. We have more coming, uh, but we don't have a whole lot of time left. We're going to kind of wrap this up. 
any any like last uh um how come nobody let me talk about adam thielen well that's because he's number 11 he's number 11 i don't care he's number nine in mine you he'll, know who's he'll be th- he'll be the first one we talk about on the next part two freaking better Thielen's my number 10 also that a boy so we need to talk about thielen i'm just saying Fine, we can talk about Thielen. Sweet. Uh, Adam Thielen, I'm a big fan, but uh, he's got to prove me he can stay healthy this year. He is. He got rid of Stephon Diggs. Mm. That's a big deal because uh, now he's the only target. Maybe who, who you got, Kyle Rudolph? Is that the other one you're going to throw to? Justin, Zeffer- Justin Jefferson, but he's a solid receiver. Laquan Treadwell. Chill out. No, Treadwell. Chill out. Treadwell's somewhere else now. Oh, that's right. He left. Yeah, yeah. He went to the Packers, right? For a second, no, I want to say it's like the I want to say the Falcons. Oh, BB Johnson, that's who I'm thinking of. BC Johnson, BC Johnson, BC Johnson. Y'all don't know BC Johnson. I think the only threat <laughs> of getting a target share would be Justin Jefferson. Oh, I'm I I'm, we've talked about him before in other pods. Like I'm, I'm me and Blake both like love and well Andrew too, but love that Justin Jefferson landed in a more perfect offense in a perfect time. Laquan Malik Treadwell went to the Atlanta Hawks or yep. Atlanta Falcons. Okay, I'm sorry, yeah, playing basketball. All right, <laughs> that Play, a boy. Young. Him and Trey Young. He's like Bo Jackson. <laughs> no, uh, he went to the Atlanta Falcons. Uh, but yes, I'm big Adam Thielen guy. Justin Jefferson landed in the most perfect spot he could have because now he'll get playing time. He'll probably start, and he's you know, I, he's my favorite receiver all around in the rookie draft. The only thing bad, I'll, I will, I'll, I'll play devil's advocate on on him a little bit. He's injury prone. He, you know, he battled through that hamstring thing last year. Last year, his numbers were awful. I mean, not awful, awful, but bad. I mean, because he had forty eight targets, thirty receptions for four hundred eighteen yards, still had six touchdowns though. Yeah, and also we talk about Diggs being gone as a positive, but that could also be a negative. Now the focus yeah. is on Thielen. Yeah. Could he really be a number one? Yeah. But Justin Jefferson takes that Stephon Diggs. Also, but we also saw hope with B.C. Johnson last year. B.C. Johnson did pretty decent. Like, when Diggs was out, like, B.C. Johnson did pretty decent. how is B.C. spelled? B-I-S-I. Awesome. Love that. Uh, That's great. Yeah, I don't know if that's, like, his full name. but So, we we actually got through 11 guys tonight. Um so you're welcome. We'll, we'll talk more about Adam Thielen, though, on the next one because that's who we're going to start out with. Uh, there's another guy right after that that I can't wait to talk about. He was my actual number nine, but he ends up being number 12. Uh, and then we'll go down the list. Uh, there's some guys that we're kind of high on that we may should should not have been. Uh, Ponson specifically on our number 13 guy. Oh, my gosh. And then um, – but, yeah, that's, uh, that's all we're going to have for you tonight. That was Blake Pondstar Ponson. That was All-American Nate. Sweep the leg. That was Sam I Am. Hello. And this was your host, Andrew Hines. Uh, thanks for sticking with us so long. And uh, Sam, instead of saying goodbye, says hello. Andrew, his awesome. name was Ola B.C. Johnson. Ola? Ola B.C. Johnson. That's amazing. Uh, thanks for sticking with us so long. We'll see you next time.